Life Audio. Welcome to the Homeschooling Families Podcast. I'm your host, Leslie Nunnery, and I am so glad you're here. In today's episode, I had the pleasure of chatting with Sarah Ruth Owens all about building strong relationships, managing the demands of homeschooling, and finding moments of rest all along the way to help you avoid frustration and burnout. You know, one of the greatest assets you can have to arm yourself against burnout and feeling like you're on your own is a membership in Teach Them Diligently 365. If you're looking for a vibrant homeschooling community that offers top quality resources and training along with fellowship, fun, and like-minded conversation, you should look no further than TTD 365. Our online community brings together thousands of workshops and sessions from Teach Them Diligently events, providing homeschooling families with access to an incredible range of expert advice, inspiring ideas, and practical tools for success. Plus, with small group meetups, book clubs, get-togethers, and more, The community elements of TTD 365 are incredible. Whether you're a new homeschooling parent or a seasoned pro, our community is designed to help you thrive with exclusive content, live events, and ongoing support from a vibrant network of fellow homeschoolers. Join Teach Them Diligently 365 today and take your homeschooling journey to the next level. Go to teachthemdiligently.net forward slash Join TTD365 to learn more today. Again, that's teachthemdiligently.net forward slash join TTD365. I cannot wait to see you there really, really soon. So now, won't you join Sarah Ruth Owens and me as we explore the joys and challenges of homeschooling while discovering practical advice, valuable resources, and a fresh perspective on this exciting journey. Welcome back, everybody. I am excited to have Sarah Ruth Owens joining me today. Sarah Ruth, welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you so much, Leslie. I'm thrilled to be here. Well, it is good to have you. It's good to get to know you. I enjoyed, I always enjoy the time to chat before we start recording. So can you tell everyone who may not know, have, may not know you yet, have had the chance to kind of follow along with your journey, a little bit about yourself and your family so that, you know, as we dive in, they know who they're talking to. Yeah, absolutely. Hi, I'm Sarah Ruth, and my family lives in the Appalachian Mountains of Georgia. My husband was born and raised here. And we have three little boys. They are 10, 8, and 6. And I'm just really wholly embracing family life. And that's kind of what everything I talk about is, is how are we building relationships with one another? And how are we valuing the time, the gift of time that we're given together over all the other priorities? Yeah, such a good point. And, you know, we talk about heart schooling around here all the time. And time is one of those really important elements of heart schooling, because as you intentionally use that time, you are investing in relationships, going for the hearts of your children. The dividends that that pays are just remarkable. So I'm excited to dive in with you. But I wanted to kind of go back. First of all, you mentioned that you were educated actually as a teacher. 
So you have a degree in education. How does that factor into your life as a homeschooler? And how did God lead you from the public school into homeschooling? Yeah, I was so glad you asked that and we got time to think about it and talk about it. Essentially, in university, you know, I was given the opportunity at a Christian university to study a variety of philosophies of education. And I quickly learned through my career and my education that there is more than just the public school system. (laughs) And so even before I was a mom, I realized there's more. There's, you know, this system that is very boxy, both for the student and for the teacher and really limit just the amazing gifts that we have as humans. Like teachers have giftings, students have giftings. And when we stick ourselves in these systems that are so confined, we lose the opportunity to really thrive in those gifts. And so as a, as a teacher, I realized that. And then becoming pregnant with my first son, my husband and I both agreed that there was a better place at our home for me. And we didn't know what that would look like. But we made some choices to make sure that I was going to be spending at least the first years with my children, leaning quickly into homeschooling like we we knew. I spent a couple years tutoring homeschool students. So I would go into their homes. And, you know, as you and I discussed, going into somebody else's home that is home educating really is a classroom for a homeschool parent. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I, one of the things that I'm so grateful for that God did for David and I is give us the opportunity through the way that we were serving when we were first married to actually get involved with families who are farther down the road, watching them, picking out the things that were good and bad that, you know, we wanted to do, we wanted to avoid. There's so that's that's that idea of mentoring, even when they don't necessarily know that they're mentoring. But watching others, learning from others is such a valuable thing. Yeah, 100%. I remember going into certain homes and realizing like just scanning the bookshelf of the mother was an education for me and like making mental Mm -hmm. notes of like which books these homeschool moms were gravitating towards because they were all Christian families. And so, and I had a lot of respect for the mothers, you know, whether they were doing perfectly or not, because none of us are, I realized they were doing what I was aspiring to in a couple of years. So, yeah, absolutely. And, and actually as a younger mom, recognizing the value in that, asking those questions, asking for recommendations, for insights, stuff like that, is so powerful, both for you as well as for the older mom, because for us that are farther along, it it makes us stop and think. It makes us remember. It it brings joy to be able to pass on things that God has taught us. So actually living in community like God has called us to and leaning into those relationships is so powerful, which makes sense because God tells us to do that and His ways are perfect. But I think sometimes we get going so fast and furious that we forget to lean into those opportunities. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Being in people's homes was was a gift. And I think I mentioned to you previously, like it offered me a little bit of boost of confidence. So if anybody happens to listen to this podcast and they don't yet have homeschooled children or they're in the very earliest years of motherhood or even a single person is listening, I hope that you hear that, you know, there is wisdom in going into other people's spaces with the heart of a learner. And even if you go in as an expert, I was supposed to be the tutor. So I could have just put the blinders on, done my job and left. But God was gracious and helped me to realize, oh, there are things I can pick up now and put in my toolbox for later. 
Yeah, it's so valuable to have those relationships, to be able to lean into that, because a lot of days, and this is really where I want to park today and and really unpack a little bit, a lot of days, individual days, even seasons can be hard in a homeschooling career. They can be wearisome and discouraging. And relationships like that, as well as another of a myriad of other strategies that we'll talk about, really help on those days that do get stressful or difficult and just kind of make you want to throw in the towel. What are some things, because I know that you talk to families a lot and, and you're kind of in the throes of this right now. What are some things that you have found that have been helpful when those days get difficult or when you just want to throw in the towel? Yeah, I think there's so many varieties of situations that can put us in that position. Speaking from my own life, specific things that we do in our home are take a break stop. We have time on our side. We are not confined to a 7.30 to 3.30 schedule. And so, nor are we confined to a calendar year that looks just like the school systems. So I think, especially, you know, for homeschool mothers, we're constantly comparing ourselves to that system, but we don't have to. We have the freedom when our child is struggling or when we have a sick day or we're just mentally overwhelmed, or maybe we're caregiving for an elderly or infirmed, you know, loved one, and we're at capacity to say, today we're going to take a walk <laughs> yeah. before we look at the books. Or if you're having a moment with a specific child to pull back from the task at hand, pause and find a place to connect that might be just taking that child and saying, hey, Mommy's getting frustrated. <laughs> Go figure. I yeah, we both have a, a pot of tea and a cookie. <laughs> or, you know, building something into your day where you can pause without feeling guilty for it. Yeah. And a pause can be 10 minutes and a pause can be a week. You know, sometimes we need more time and sometimes we just need a quick, you know, refresh. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, this is really where that heart schooling paradigm that I teach all the time really comes in, because as you understand your mission and you start aligning everything with that, the flexibility, the creativity to actually allow yourself to to go through these natural phases of life. And sometimes it's in those pauses that you get the most deeply impactful relationships and even where a lot of the deep learning happens that you aren't actually approaching necessarily as, quote, school time, but you're learning so much together. And you're also teaching your kids how to roll with difficult things, with stressful seasons, with times when you're weary. So there's there's a lot of teaching and good things that go along in those pauses. But it's really important that as as homeschooling parents, really as parents in general, that we are flexible that we are allowing the Lord to redirect, to, you know, take us down those detours that we may not have planned and to allow him to work even in those times. After a short break, we'll be right back to talk even more about this. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, thinking about it, even stopping to pray, asking your child yeah. to pray for you. If it's a you issue, because we are human and we're just mothers, we can say that. We should be real with our kids. And we can say, you know, mommy didn't sleep good last night. Mommy is grouchy. 
I need the Holy Spirit's work in my life right now to produce the fruit of the spirit of patience and, you know, to help me be loving and kind. And you're going to ask your kid, I I can't tell you how many times I've had to look at my six-year-old when I'm teaching him how to read and say, mommy wasn't very patient, was she? (laughs) Will you please pray for me? And, you know, our kids will jump into that opportunity to pray. And honestly, it is the most, like one of the most precious and fulfilling things to have your little child use their faith, you know, to stir up the gifts of God in you so that you can be a better parent. Oh, absolutely. And the the value of apologizing to them, showing them how you're growing, allowing the Holy Spirit to prick your conscience and to express that to your child, that makes the discipline that you do when they're wrong so much more authentic. It shows them that you are sensitive to when you are wrong, just like they are. They know you sin. They they know your faults. You know, we're not hiding that. They know. So to allow them to grow with you as God is teaching you and to bring them in on how God is working by asking them to pray and then and then expressing how grateful you are for their prayers. That goes so far in in strengthening your relationship with them, in building their faith, but also, since we're talking about these discouraging, stressful times, those little moments can completely change a day for nice. a mom. I, you know, you see your your six-year-old pray, and all of a sudden, the stress of listening to them read, which can be so hard. It can be so difficult teaching a child to read, just the patience required in that but you hear their little heart towards you and it changes your entire attitude about things. Yes, absolutely. It's so natural the way that God created our families to function. And it is such a beautiful thing. And homeschooling fits so well into that. I'm just, I'm so grateful. But it's also very easy when you're in the trenches to get overwhelmed or discouraged or whatever. What, as as you're talking to to homeschool parents through, you know, that both locally and also through the platform that God has given you, what advice do you give them when they do get discouraged or they feel overwhelmed? Yeah, I think the first thing that I try to always direct us to is scripture. And, you know, the word of God says his burden, <laughs> you know, is light. His burden is not heavy. His yoke is easy. So, If we're in unity with God's plan, if we are functioning in that moment, in that day, really relying on Him to help guide us and lead us, then we can take a deep breath. (laughs) We can look at Scripture. You know, a lot of times I will stop and go into my bathroom or go upstairs into my room and just read a psalm. They're so fast, you know, and sometimes I'll just grab whatever day of the month it is. I will just throw myself into that psalm or that proverb and just read it and let some of God's word saturate my heart. That's the first place I try to run is to prayer and to the word because, you know, honestly, it's easy to get caught up in seeking out the counsel of others, which I think is valuable, especially when you're talking about mentorship and older moms. But it can also become a crutch if you're constantly seeking the wisdom of others and you're not looking to God to help you in whatever season or moment of hardship you're having. So so cultivating a habit of in hard moments, running first to God and to his word for that affirmation you need, for that comfort. But I also yeah. think I tell people, you know, you need a community around you of mothers. And I think 
my generation tends to like same-aged peers, people in the same season and the same age. We like these fresh, cutting-edge voices. We like people we can relate to. And I try to caution myself and put in some safeguards and others that are around me. We can't only choose our peers. We desperately right. need the voices of the tightest two women in our lives and you have to sometimes seek that out. And maybe it won't be a homeschooling mother. Maybe maybe you don't have access to that. That's okay. Women who have raised teenagers into adulthood are just as valuable. It's fine. Yeah, they can, they can help you so much. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I'm fortunate. There is a woman in my life who is 60, who has homeschooled her kids, has raised three children into adulthood, is, I feel, is wise. And so I do, after I pray, after I seek God's word, if a problem is not resolving, if it's a continued thing in my life or in my child's life, I do, I go to her and I say, hey, you know, what would you do? What would you say to me? Do you have a book recommendation? <laughs> like, what what strategies? I mean, I just pour my heart out and let her give me what she's learned because I obviously yeah. don't have the extra 25 years you know, experience right. she has. So, right, right. And so often the things that we are struggling with, the stressors, the discouragements and so on, they're really sanctifying for us as homeschool moms. God is making us more into his image day by day. And that is an amazing realization that God cares about those those little moments. God uses all things in Romans 8 to work together for our good and and to make us more suitable for the purpose that he's called us. And that is a tremendous understanding that really kind of colors those discouraging times when we use them right, when we run to scripture, like you noted, when we allow others to speak and and help remind us of truth. Those are really, really important things. But the other thing that comes out of both scripture and talking to others is we get a greater perspective of the moment. Yeah. So when you're in the weeds, all you see is the weeds. <laughs> but when you talk to a mom who's gone farther or when you read scripture and God opens it up and, and you see more of his plan through that scripture, because God's word is powerful and it's yeah. living and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. As you're in his word and you're talking to others, you start to see how this could be down the road, how what the value is of those moments that you're spending right now that you know, going over and over the same thing with discipline or teaching or whatever, how God can use it. And there's a huge amount of value in just understanding where you're going and God's purpose in all of it. 100%. And faithfulness, you know, yeah. reestablishing in your own heart, like God has called me to obedience in these things. He has called me to faithfulness and I need to walk this out. And, you know, like I said, I don't want anybody to feel like, Oh, you can't take care of your mental health or you can't, you know, there are so many things that could be happening in a woman's life, in a mother's life. I'm not saying faithfulness unto your own deprivation, right. but faithfulness in knowing, you know, I'm going to take a break today and tomorrow we're going to try again. We're not throwing in the towel. We're not giving up. This is a pause. This is a moment mm -hmm. to focus on, you're calling it heart schooling, you know, to focus on connecting with my child again, connecting with God again, and getting everything set in order the way it should be in my home so that now tomorrow when we start over, I'm ready to be faithful to this yeah. thing that God has given me, which right now is homeschooling in this season. 
Oh, absolutely. And you touched on something that I want to double back to because I think that there is a huge misuse and misunderstanding of this whole idea of self-care. Because on one side, you've got this view that, you know, it's all about me, you know, my way, my will, my whatever. So you've got that on one side. On the other side, you've got this misunderstanding of self-sacrifice. And we miss the fact that if we are so depleted, if we are so run down, we can't be effective servants of the Lord. We cannot mother our children well. So really God's ways and it is, is found in the balance. It's found in understanding that he cares for you. He knows the number of hairs on your head. He doesn't want you running around so strung out because he's given you all of these things to encourage and to build you up. And so as moms, actually taking care of ourselves is massively important. Yes. Yes. 100% agree. And it that also looks different depending on our season, right? You know, in the early years of motherhood with a newborn and a toddler, my boys were born in under four years. So their yeah. their age gaps are very short. Right. Yeah. And I know yeah. many families have eight children in 10 years. You know, what is that self-care, quote unquote, look like? I don't usually call it that, but I know that's the term we're all familiar yeah. with. You know, I think in those early years, it looks like singing songs and hymns as you're, you know, nursing a baby. It looks like instead of scrolling social media on your phone while you're, you know, nursing or feeding a baby or, you know, sitting through a nap time, you know, patting a bottom, that you are scrolling your Bible app or maybe you are, you know, at night you're asking your husband to sit with the baby while they fall asleep or encouraging your spouse, you know, hey, this is your one-on-one time with the toddler. He loves to be yeah. rocked. Putting some books in there for your husband to use and then you running a, a bath, you know, even in those early years, sometimes showers were so hard to come by. But when I got one, it was such a gift and it it restored my soul, you know? Yeah, absolutely. There were... First of all, it's so important to understand you can walk away. And by walk away, I mean, sometimes you need to go to your room and shut the door. Allow the kids to have quiet time. You know, if they're really little, put them in their room with some toys and some books and, and give yourself 10 or 15 minutes just to catch your breath. Sometimes your brain just needs to unwind like that and they'll be fine. They're not going to, it's not going to be a problem. They're not going to, they won't, (laughs) well, and they won't miss you so bad that they're traumatized. They'll be okay. Yeah. Um, They actually, David and I just did a podcast recently about how dads can be involved in homeschooling. And one of the things that we talked about was much of what you were talking about there. Some of the things that David did in the early years, especially with, you know, every Sunday night, he would actually take the kids and I would go out to plan, to breathe, to be an adult, you know. So after church, we get dinner. He would be the one that put him in bed and I would go to a coffee shop or whatever and sit and look at my week. And it was a small thing, but it was life giving. It helped me stay focused. It made me feel a, a, alive in that I felt like a human, you know, because sometimes you get in the middle of it. And, oh, I'm just a homeschool mom. But it it allowed me to just kind of step away and remember why I was doing. And like you noted, which I loved, it gave him that time to really strengthen his own relationships with the kids. One of the things that he did when Lila, my youngest, was little, which I can't believe we never thought of this before, but he <laughs> he came up with this at that point. We had three littles and then Lila. So she was number four in you know very short amount of time. 
And I would create a the way for him to feed her at night. And he would take that last feeding. And I would go up, take a bath, go to bed, read a book, whatever. And he would have that time just cuddling with her. And he would actually get to put her to bed a lot of nights that way. And it was it was precious for him. But it was so nice for me, too. And Lila was able to, you know, still have all of her needs met, still have that cuddle time. But it just gave me a little bit of extra bandwidth as I was, you know, had to be on for these older, slightly older kids as well. And so there are a lot of creative ways that you can look after yourself while still being missional and still remembering your primary call. So... So yeah, we've we've talked a lot about the relationships that are so powerful about really taking care of ourselves and how that's so powerful and getting through some difficult times. But what are some other resources or support networks or or ways that you would recommend to families who are struggling or are discouraged or or need just kind of a little shot in the arm? <laughs> well, I think one of the easiest things to access are podcasts and books. So depending on who you are and what, you know, what young children are around, et cetera, you know, if podcast or a book is going to be the best option for podcasts, I really have enjoyed learning from you over the years. I have listened to several of yours. I also find that Dorenda Wilson, I think Dorenda Wilson, is that correct? Yep. Yep. Okay. Dorenda Wilson is a wise, mature mama who has raised several children into adulthood. I think her, I love how short her podcasts are. You can get something in a quick 20 minutes, kind of, you're talking about a shot in the arm. And also, I would be remiss not to mention that I think Sally Clarkson shares some of the most sage counsel. And her books are books that if you're not in a season to listen to podcasts or that's not your thing, I highly recommend her book, Different, even for families that have typically developing children. I feel like the strategies she used with her different son are so just important for all families and building relationships and seeing the long range goal. And so if you pick up any book by Sally Clarkson, her book Different, as well as her book, The Life-Giving Home, can both give us that big picture you were talking about. And then lastly, Teaching from Rest by Sarah McKenzie, I feel like should just sit on your mama's shelf and be easily accessible. (laughs) And it can be read in like an hour and a half and it will just revive your vision for this is where I'm headed. This is the why behind my homeschool and, you know, giving God glory through our family story is our end goal. And so everything I do today, you know, needs to be looking at that. And so I love I love that book for mothers. In-person support, if it's not there, make it. <laughs> and yeah. I know that sounds like a lot, maybe to somebody who's feeling burnt out, but um, I would highly suggest either finding a community of like-minded moms, either through MOPS, Mothers of Preschoolers, or a small local Bible study for mothers, or create one. Create what right. you need and develop those relationships that can be your community. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And it doesn't have to be particularly formal or particularly big. When my kids were young, there were three and three Two of my friends and myself, we created this idea where everybody came to my house on Thursdays. One mom would go out. The other two would stay there with the the kids. 
you either got a day out or you had fellowship with your friend. The kids loved it and it was wonderful. And we did that for several years while our kids were little. And it was just a very easy way to share your life with other people, to get out, to get some kind of alone, run your errands in peace and quiet, but also to have great fellowship and build deep, deep relationships that are going to last a lifetime. So, so truly it is very easy to create what you need in each different season and, and seasons change. And that little season of our life passed. And, you know, we, we did that for a while and did other things after that, but, but to be creative and to, to reach out to people and to be open and to allow the Lord to bring those opportunities to you. And then you take advantage of them. It's really, really impactful. Yeah. And real quickly, I'll tell you a quick story that will reveal some of the heart behind exactly what you're saying in my own life. When I had, I was pregnant with my third and I had a little year and a half old and a newborn. And, you know, those are just the years where you're always wanting to throw in the towel. You're not even a host yep. <laughs> yet. And like, Lord, I need you every second. And I, I had that similar idea of I need fellowship. I need sanity. I need out of this little cocoon of only us, you know, where I'm the only one that can meet needs. And so I decided to invite a couple moms to my home and do just what you were talking about. Other other than none of us left, but a fellowship, right. a play date. And at the library, I had seen this woman with a newborn and a toddler several times, and we had smiled at one another, but we didn't know each other. And as she was leaving, I just felt so compelled to walk up to her and introduce myself and be the weird person. And I went, hi, I don't know what your name is, but your baby's so cute. And I'm going to start having women come to my home who have small children. And we're going to talk about God and our lives and I'm probably being really weird and you probably want to run away. But if you'd like to know where I live, I'm happy to tell you. <laughs> and her face changed and she looked at me and she goes, I've been dying for somebody to ask me that. Wow. I'll never forget that moment in my life. And I just, I think it's really valuable to realize that oftentimes what we're crying out for in our own lives and the places where we're struggling and suffering, there are others around us who need the fellowship too, and they need what we're looking for. And so we can build that together and we can be a support to one another, whether it be motherhood, homeschooling, family. But, you know, people are waiting for us to reach out to them and offer them the very thing that will also serve us. Exactly. So true. So true. And I love that story. And I love the fact that you you stepped out in faith and fear, I'm sure, and you became that weird mom and yes. that God used it to really meet a need in her life. I uh, That entire story is just so beautiful and powerful and such a great reminder that we need to listen. And when God prompts us to do something, even that we feel is crazy and totally outside of anything that we would have ever done on our own, that his ways are perfect. And that is just an awesome reminder. And I'm so glad you shared it. Before, you know, we're running a little bit low on time here, Sarah Ruth, but can you tell everybody where they can find you, how they can connect with you so that if they if they want to to dive in deeper with your story and the the things that you have to share? Yeah, I have a website. It's kindletogetherness.com. And I am fairly active on Instagram. You can also find me at kindle underscore togetherness. And 
Yeah, it's been such a pleasure, Leslie. Thank you so much for the opportunity to share and to learn. Well, you are so welcome. I'm so glad you've been here. I I appreciate your heart and just the way that you're allowing God to grow your family and then sharing that with others. That's one of the greatest ways that we can teach is just the overflow of what is God is doing in our own lives to our children and to, to others that God brings into our path. So I appreciate everything that you're doing. So thank you again for joining us today. Thank you. You're welcome to everyone else. I hope this has been a great encouragement to you. You know, we talk all the time about the fact that the Great Commission starts right at home. And even in those times of discouragement and where we're just really, really weary, God is at work and God can use your humility in going to your children when you're you're just brittle. Or he can use your flexibility in taking those pauses and really focusing on relationships rather than driving forward when everyone is just kind of past a a point of learning. He can use your steps of faith when you reach out and get other people involved in your life, either with you being a mentor or looking for others to invest in you. God is always at work. And so as we walk out this life together, I encourage you to look for ways that God is wanting you to step out and to truly invest in these relationships and in heart schooling your children. I hope that you have a great rest of your day. I'm going to link all of Sarah Ruth's links and her blog and her Instagram and so on in the show notes so that you can access that easily. But have a great rest of your day. And I look forward to talking to you again real soon. Thank you for joining me today. It's my prayer that every episode of the Homeschooling Families podcast helps to strengthen your family by giving you biblical and practical ways to raise your children and educate them well. We'd love to engage with you more. So check out teachthemdiligently.net to find out about the resources and experiences we offer Christian homeschooling families like yours all year long. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and a whole lot more. Mm-hmm.